Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cluster B personality disorders are characterized by dramatic, overly emotional, and unpredictable thoughts and behavior. From Ars Longa Media, this is Cluster B, scientifically informed, expert insights into the four Cluster B personality types, antisocial, borderline, narcissistic, and histrionic personality disorder. Here's today's host, Dr. Todd Grande. Hello, this is Dr. Grande. Today's question is, can borderline personality disorder present with psychosis, even if there's not a comorbid disorder to explain the psychosis? So what this question is really getting at is, can borderline personality disorder have a psychotic component to it that doesn't have another explanation? So to answer this question, I'm first going to briefly go over borderline personality disorder and psychosis. So borderline personality disorder is a cluster B personality disorder in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. So it's in the same cluster as antisocial, narcissistic, and histrionic. This is called the dramatic, erratic, and emotional cluster. We see nine symptom criteria associated with borderline personality disorder, frantic efforts to avoid abandonment, an unstable relationship pattern, identity disturbance, impulsivity in at least two areas that could be self-damaging, suicidal behavior, affective instability, inappropriate intense anger, a chronic feeling of emptiness, and the last one is paranoid ideation and severe dissociation. So those two characteristics are on the same symptom criterion with borderline. Now, psychosis is a construct that we see in a number of disorders. And what it essentially means is a break from reality. And the way we know psychosis is occurring is usually through hallucinations, delusions, or both. So hallucinations would be seeing or hearing something else that other people can't see or hear, or otherwise perceiving something they can't perceive. And delusions would be a fixed false belief that doesn't change even when there's evidence that shows that that belief is not correct. So there's just a brief description of borderline personality disorder and psychosis. Now, borderline personality disorder has an interesting relationship with psychosis, and it goes all the way back to when the disorder was named. We have these constructs of neurosis and psychosis together. So neurosis would be something like what we see on the neuroticism trait in the five-factor model. So anger, depression, anxiety, a feeling of vulnerability. And of course, psychosis I described as having hallucinations and or delusions. And what we see here with 
the term borderline personality disorder is it was named borderline because it was thought to be on the border between neurosis and psychosis. So from the very beginning, there have been problems with this disorder in terms of conceptualizing it clearly. There wasn't real clarity on what the disorder involved. Was it neurosis? Was it psychosis? Was it somewhere in between? Well, as I mentioned, the name indicates somewhere in between, but now we have a lot of different discussion around whether borderline personality disorder really has a psychotic component potentially or it doesn't. So if we take a look at the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, we see here on a description for borderline personality disorder, BPD, we see that under associated characteristics, somebody can develop psychotic-like symptoms, including ideas of reference and hallucinations. I describe what hallucinations are. An idea of reference is when somebody looks at an external event and they believe that event is somehow tied to them in a way that it really couldn't be. For example, if somebody's feeling depressed and they see that it starts to rain, they might believe that their feeling of depression caused the rain to start. So as we can see in the DSM, there's a real reluctance to call those symptoms in the context of BPD psychotic, right? Those symptoms aren't referred to as psychotic, they're referred to as psychotic-like. There's also a reluctance here in the mental health treatment community, counselors and other related professions. Individuals in this community don't want to conceptualize oftentimes extreme personality traits, which is what we really see with personality disorders, as something that has a relationship to psychosis. So personality and psychosis are kind of separated. In the literature, we see terms that kind of get around this problem, like pseudo-hallucination and quasi-psychotic thought. In an effort to differentiate the psychosis seen with BPD from schizophrenia. Now, sometimes what we see with psychosis and schizophrenia, this is referred to as true psychosis. So when we think of the word psychosis, we would much more quickly think of schizophrenia or the psychosis associated with depression or bipolar disorder or substance use disorder before we would start thinking of personality disorders. And again, this is the problem. We see psychotic symptoms with some personality disorders, including BPD, and we also see what's referred to as true psychosis with schizophrenia and other disorders. And there's this concern about expanding that type of psychosis over to personality disorders. Now, what's interesting here is we do have a precedent for having personality disorders with psychotic-like features and not calling them psychosis. For example, with schizotypal personality disorder, which is a cluster A personality disorder, we see this idea of perceptual distortions. So brief psychotic-like symptoms without necessarily being referred to as psychosis. So that's where we are in terms of borderline personality disorder and psychosis. We're in this strange place where there are psychotic-like symptoms, but there's not a real commitment to call them psychosis. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package 
from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Hi there. I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. Now, these other terms we see, like pseudo-hallucinations, they can lead to confusion and they can make it difficult to get accurate figures. So with these research articles that kind of stay in the middle and try to create a third category, this third category isn't necessarily useful. Without this third category, we have psychosis and non-psychotic symptoms. With this third category, we have these symptoms that are somewhere in the middle. And this particular way of conceptualizing personality disorders and psychotic-like symptoms, as I indicated, hasn't been particularly useful, at least not yet. Another problem in looking at BPD and psychotic symptoms or psychotic-like symptoms is we know that borderline personality disorder is comorbid with a number of disorders that have psychosis associated with them. As I mentioned before, schizophrenia, major depressive disorder, bipolar disorder, and substance use disorder all have psychosis associated with them. So with high comorbidity, if someone's being treated for borderline personality disorder, they may have one of these other disorders, and those disorders could be explaining the psychosis. It's somewhat unusual to see a presentation of borderline personality disorder that has no comorbidity, but comorbidity with a disorder that involves psychosis isn't considered particularly common. We know that depression is highly comorbid with borderline personality disorder, but only a certain type of major depressive disorder, only a certain specifier being added to that disorder would be associated with psychotic symptoms. That's the severe presentation with psychotic symptoms. So just because somebody has depression or bipolar doesn't mean they're going to have psychosis. Now, if somebody has schizophrenia, of course, we would conceptualize that presentation as having psychosis. So we enter into kind of another difficult area, borderline personality disorder and comorbidity. What's it comorbid with? And do those comorbid disorders have a psychotic element? And is that psychotic element present in that particular disorder? So another good example of this is substance use disorder. A lot of times individuals use substances and we don't see psychosis. So again, this becomes very difficult to untangle when you're trying to find out where the psychosis is coming from. Now, what's interesting here with borderline personality disorder and other disorders that could cause psychosis is that the psychotic-like symptoms appear somewhat differently from borderline to these other disorders. Now, hallucinations are by far the most common 
psychotic-like symptom that we see with borderline personality disorder. We know that hallucinations appear in about 20 to 50% of borderline personality disorder presentations. Again, we don't know what percentage of those would be accounted for through comorbidity, but still a high percentage. A number of people with borderline personality disorder will have hallucinations. So with hallucinations being common in borderline personality disorder, is there some difference between those types of hallucinations and what we see with psychotic disorders? Now, assuming we really can distinguish true psychosis from these psychotic-like features, and we focus on the hallucinations, what we see is with borderline personality disorder, hallucinations are more associated with trauma. So if there's more severe trauma, oftentimes we see more hallucinations. We also see that the hallucinations are often in the context of relational difficulties. So romantic difficulties, for example, with a partner can lead to hallucinations. We know that when people are reminded of trauma, that can increase the risk of an hallucination. Sometimes this is referred to as a trigger. And we also know that with borderline personality disorder, many of the hallucinations are stress-related and transient. Now, when we think of hallucinations in terms of schizophrenia, we know oftentimes that the nature of the hallucinations involve abusive speech. So the hallucinations say negative things to the person with the disorder. Now, this is something we do see with borderline personality disorder as well. The content of the hallucinations are negative and critical. Now, what's different about borderline personality disorder is in the long run, hallucinations tend to decrease. And we don't usually see that with schizophrenia. Also, with borderline personality disorder, insight tends to be less affected. So when somebody has hallucinations, they still have a lot of contact with reality. Whereas with schizophrenia, we think insight is decreased markedly. Now, this is interesting because, of course, borderline personality disorder is a personality disorder. So we know that insight is going to be affected to start with. So again, what I'm saying here is that the hallucinations seem to have less of an effect on insight with borderline personality disorder as opposed to schizophrenia. Now, another element here with borderline personality disorder and psychosis is we don't tend to see delusions, although sometimes delusions are present. And when they are present, they tend to be pretty similar to what we see with schizophrenia. Namely, there's a paranoid component oftentimes to the delusions. So overall, we're more likely to see certain characteristics of hallucinations with borderline personality disorder, and we're not likely to see delusions, but when we do see delusions, they are similar, so it makes it hard to differentiate borderline personality disorder from schizophrenia. So with figuring out psychotic symptoms and borderline personality disorder being so difficult, what's the bottom line? What can we do as clinicians? Well, this comes down to careful assessment, including a thorough history. We know with borderline personality disorder, for example, we would expect the symptoms to start when someone's young and for those symptoms to persist for a while. A personality disorder is an enduring pattern of inner experience. We also need to consider comorbidity carefully and try to really look at what disorders are causing what symptoms, really trying to untangle the symptoms and categorize them in the right disorder. And this is important, of course, because we need to know what disorder to treat primarily and what treatment to use. So it is important to distinguish these disorders, including disorders that involve 
psychotic or psychotic-like symptoms. For more content like this, check out Healthy Toxic, another podcast from Ars Longa Media, all about what makes or breaks relationships, including issues related to narcissism, narcissistic abuse, and how personality disorders affect relationships. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Learn more at arslonga.media. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.